2: john chapman
3: what is going on faithful it is absolutely incredible to be with you guys it's thursday we're looking at october 12th it's browns week five and first place and i'm excited about this you know we we go through every single week we we break down all of the film offense defense special teams all that stuff we're about to have another release on our patreon at 49ersrush.com um the 49ershorts.com, of a defensive breakdown that we're, we're finishing up. And what I wanted this episode to kind of be about as we kind of put a bow tie, you know, around, you know, the Cowboys game is what are some of the secrets that don't make the headlines? You know, if you I know a lot of people, they'll watch ESPN and NFL Network, and those are wonderful things, and they'll listen to a handful of podcasts and things like that. But, you know, I wanted to dive into some of the deeper stuff that perhaps the film uh, is telling you, but you, you got to kind of dig for it. Uh, that's what the theme of today's show is. Uh, you, everybody's talking about Brock Purdy now. Everybody's talking about Kittle and his three touchdowns and CMC and Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. I get those things. And those are beautiful things. We'll talk about those some today as well, but let's go deeper, right? Uh, what, what are we here at the 49ers Rush podcast, if not the podcast that wants to go film-based? That's what we are. Um, and dive into some of those different things. So, some of the topics I want to cover Steve Wilkes finally putting a lot more touches of his uh kind of way he does things on this Niners defense. Excited about that. The defenses, the defensive ends, struggling. Um, we'll talk some Fred Warner and some Green Law. There's no doubt about that. And Hufunga, but also the offensive line and just some scheme changes that I see even on the offensive side, which I'm excited about now. Gotta say thank you to everybody and all the Hashtag CC crew. What's up, Trainwreck? Dave, we got Oscar in the house. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, and, you, you know, all these Hashtag CCs mean the world to me. What's up, Mike C? What's up, Sean? How are we doing, guys? We got Josh, Big Papa, Ishmael. This is incredible. Love you guys. What's up, Johan? Love you guys. This is Coach Cruz in the house. This is incredible. And, you know, let let me just say this. Oh, look at this. Good evening from Denmark. It's 10 It's 10 a.m. here, brother. <laughs> Kim, I know uh, we've hung out a handful of times, man. I, I really do appreciate everything that you bring to the table, man. Uh, traveling to games and all that stuff. Kim's such a good dude. Devin, what's up, JC? Are you not entertained? Yeah, Russell Crowe, the gladiator. Um, just out there mauling people, destroying teams' hopes. And futures, which is what we've done to the Cowboys now three years in a row. What's up, David? How are we doing? Um, so excited about so much stuff that we have here. Now, the poll for today's show, which I'm pretty excited about. Simple one. It's a two, two, you yeah, got two answers. Biggest surprise so far in a good way from these two players. And again, going a step further, a step deeper. I gave you two options Colton McKivitz on the offensive side, Isaiah Oliver. On the defensive side, Colton McKivitt struggled early. Uh, T.J. Watt kind of took him, took it to him. Isaiah Oliver struggled early, but then he stepped up huge in that Rams game and has not really looked back since that point. So out of those two players, and there's lots of other surprises, but I was just curious. I, I feel like these are two newcomers as far as starting and playing time goes. I know Colton McKivitt's been here for a while, but never received this much playing time. Which one of those was the biggest surprise to you? Right now, Colton McKivitz is leading the poll 65% to 35% to Isaiah Oliver, and we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about both those. But train wreck right here. The simple fact that we don't hear Colton McKivitz' name called during the games, uh, after the Pittsburgh game, of course, you got to put that in there, shows he's has a place on this whole line. At this point, I think he's an upgrade from MM, talking about Mike McGlinchy. I'm with you. There were several times in the film where you left Colton McKivitz one-on-one with Micah Parsons. No problem. No issue. One-on-one with Tank Lawrence. No problem. No issue. And on top of, you know, Colton McKivitz his entire MO coming out of the draft in West Virginia was he's much better in pass pro than he is in the run game. And he's a nasty player. He likes to fight. He likes to get underneath people's skin. He likes to do all those things. So the pass pro has been there, but I love the fact that he's keeping his, who he is. I don't, I don't want to change who he is. He's hitting people, you know, through the echo of the whistle. He is always one of the last offensive linemen to make contact. Just pissing people off. It's that Jawan Jennings, Dre Greenlaw, Talano Funga. They all have this same characteristic. I want to disturb you mentally, right? It's, it's a, it's a mind game. Just, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm always here. Like, I will hit you last every single play, and I really, really do appreciate that. I, I really think, you know, if we look at just what he's brought, let, let, let's pull it up. Let, let's let's do the whole entire, you know, what his stats are. Colton McKivitz. we'll jump to the other side, but if we look at what he's done offensively all year, here we go. Now we got it. He has played 330 snaps, which is twice. No, in 2020, he played 301. So, um, 2021, he played 74 snaps. 2022, last year, he played 71 snaps. And this year, he's played 330. Now, of all those, you know, snaps and what he's brought, he's given up 10 pressures. So, you know, not the best whenever it comes to pressures. But only two quarterback hits. That's it. Two quarterback hits. And after that first week, he's allowed one sack. Yeah, he gave up three to T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's unbelievable. But he's accelerated. You know, in four games, he's allowed one sack and one quarterback hit. That's pretty good if you're talking about the 49ers weak link on the offensive line. And it's not like he's been playing against bad players. He hasn't been. And guess what? You know, Michael Parsons, pretty good. Tank Lawrence, pretty good. This week, you got Miles Garrett. Now, Miles Garrett plays predominantly, if you listen to the Steph and John and Wayne show, Miles Garrett plays predominantly on the right side, defensive right side, offensive left side. He'll go over to the other side some, but I, I don't think he's going to get more than probably 10 pass rush reps against Miles Garrett. So, if we could just keep this pace for Colton McKivitz, this offensive line's gonna keep humming. I, I don't expect much to change whenever it comes to what they're doing offensively, protection wise. Brock isn't getting hit. He's just not. He's got two penalties so far. Okay, that's not great. But dude's playing well. He's playing really, really well. Now, all right, let's let's go to the other side. Let's go look up Isaiah, and let's see what he's got going on. Because if I could spell Isaiah Oliver correctly, good Lord, I don't think I did. There we go, Isaiah Oliver. So let's look at what he's been able to accomplish just defensively. He's played 210 snaps, and he seems to have settled into that nickel roll very, very well. He's only got one pressure. He's got 16 tackles. Most of those are solo, 16 solo tackles, four assists. And, and, you know, when you watch Isaiah Oliver, I think his best trait, even back at Colorado, I remember breaking down his film when we were doing Akello after we drafted Akello Witherspoon and we are going back through, the opposite starting corner was, yeah, none other than Isaiah Oliver, talk about going full circle there, was he has a very long wingspan and he wraps up well. He wasn't a physical player at Colorado. He wasn't a physical player with the Falcons his first kind of year. Uh, But that's something that has been developed. And so Isaiah Oliver, he is a sure tackler. Um, He has not had a missed tackle in three games. He had one missed tackle week one. He had two missed tackles against the Rams in that first half, and it was like, get this dude out of the game. Second half, he turned it on. Hasn't had a missed tackle since halftime of week two against the Rams. He stepped it up. Eight solo stops? What? As a nickel? Dude's tackling in the open field by himself. Now, it helps having Hufunga, Gip, Greenlaw, Warner, Burks running around there. But this dude's saying, no, 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 I'm good. I, I can wrap up on my own. And he brings the arms, man. He wraps up. He's like a condor. Every time he tackles... He spreads them wide and wraps up so well. You know, you teach the rip move usually with linebackers. This dude, full bear hug, you know, all the way around the edge, which I really, really, really like. He's given up a high catch rate, 20 receptions on 25 targets. That's bad. But if you look at the yards after catch, that is where he's kind of standing out. 20 catches, 55 yards after the catch total on the season. That's not too bad. You know, that's that's just over. I'm not a smart man, but just over two and a half yards after the catch per reception. It's not bad. He's got one interception. He's allowed an 87.3 NFL passer rating. That's awesome. Two penalties. I got no issues. I got he's given up one touchdown, and and that was kind of the big one. He gave up the slot fade for the touchdown this game, and I just finished that film. It doesn't matter who the hell our, cor- our slot corner is in this system. And this this three straight coordinators, Sala, D'Amico, Wilkes, slot fade's just going to get what it gets. Jimmy Ward, doesn't matter. Kwan Williams, doesn't matter. Dante Johnson, doesn't matter. Whoever the hell's out there, they're getting toasted by this slot fade. It's just, we have to play inside leverage in our scheme. You have to give up outside leverage. It is a difficult pass to complete, but teams have done it. Um... Yeah, that's that been the rough one, but I do love Isaiah Oliver. I'm so pumped. He just brings a short tackle kind of element, and he he's a gamer. Third down, second half? You better identify two six out there, baby, because he's making plays. That's just what he does. Trainwreck says, bring back Womack. I think one more week, then you can bring him back after this week, and I hope they do. Uh, I really, really hope he do. I hope he's progressing well. We haven't heard too much. Um, but yeah, he'll be there. What's up, Mark? Oh man, it's good to see you, man. Uh, Mark, we had a good time hanging out during the off season, watching all the 1994 49ers games over on our Patreon. Um, he says, been very busy. Can't wait to watch the all 22. Yeah. Of the cards and Cowboys. There we go. Yeah. We got a lot of film for you guys and it's up. As soon as you sign up, you get access to everything and we got two and a half years pre-dating. That's all available there. Uh, appreciate you guys. Look at Brandon right here. Hashtag CC. Great morning. Faithful. That is what's up, man. Um, another beautiful week coming. 6-0 and uploading. Man, the Browns. Whew, Browns are a mess. And, you know, they're 2-2 two and two coming off a of bye week. That, that, but the injuries are bad. They're best players out with Nick Chubb. Quarterback, I don't think Deshaun Watts is going to play. He might play. But even if he does play, he hasn't really looked good. He's got four touchdown passes, two interceptions on the year. Yeah, that's a Brock Purdy game. You know, he's done in four games. Their offense is just not the same. Johan, look at this. Love from Ireland beat the Browns. And shout out to the UK watch party that's going on this weekend. I've got a meeting. Can't say much about, but I might be taking a little part of that virtually. So uh, stay tuned for that. Anything I can do for the UK and the faithful from afar, I will always, always
4: Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify.
3: Josh, he says, you think the Deshaun Watson scenario is weird? He's been medically cleared for a while, but still not practicing. It is weird. There is nothing normal. Well, so, okay, a couple things. The Browns are weird. They're a weird franchise. They, their owner, they don't like to dole out a lot of money. They're kind of like an Al Davis light. They do things their own way. They're just an interesting franchise. They break tendency to bring this Deshaun Watson in. The trade was stupid. The contract was stupid. It just, you know, the character stuff was stupid. But that's kind of who the Browns have always been. They don't really care about those things off the field issues. Just not who they are. It's just been weird nonstop. Deshaun Watson comes in. He's not good all last year. Not good really this year. He's been better, but still not good. It's just weird. Everything the Browns do is weird. and Deshaun Watson just kind of magnifies that. I personally don't think Deshaun Watson's gonna play this week. Uh, that's just me. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't really care. And you know, whenever the last practice report came out, you know, I said, dude, <laughs> y'all better jump on this my bookie negative six point spread ASAP, baby. And I posted it, shared it on the 49ersrush.com and our Patreon page, and it jumped up a full point within the hour. Um, but yeah, you get that under seven points. That's just like money right now, but they've got injuries everywhere. Joel Batoni, you know, you, you look at, he's their best guard. He didn't practice with a knee. Amari Cooper got a rest day. Jerome Ford, he's limited, but that's their new running back one. Miles Garrett didn't practice. He's got a foot issue coming off a of bite. You know, that that's rough too. David and Joko. I don't know if you saw those pictures. That is horrifying. He had a grilling accident. With a propane thing and his face is burnt, but he's going to play. He's a beast, man. That dude, so much respect for him. Their center, Ethan Pochik, he's, you know, he, he's limited. I think he's going to play. And then Deshaun Watson with his shoulder. Like there's just a lot of issues there. Outside of Deshaun Watson, they're missing some of their best of the best. Now, I fully expect Miles Garrett, Jerome Ford, Amari Cooper, Batoni, Joku, and Pochik to play, but it is weird. It's just all weird. And yeah, we'll just kind of have to see how it is they're wanting to handle this whole thing because yeah, it it's it's weird. That's all I gotta say. Uh, what's up, big daddy? How we doing, brother? Um, yeah, right here, train wreck, still in their souls. Uh, Niners going out there and just mess with people. Now the Browns don't have a soul to steal. Maybe that's their crit that's their kryptonite to us is you know they got no soul they sold that long long time ago and i drank from the wrong side of my coffee just there that got that live i didn't spill it though that's a veteran pro move right there now i I saw some people talking about frank clark um what's up johnny uh go learn some football watch johnny dale's football academy he's the best there is um i watch the show i learn stuff all the time uh he is the best there is now I saw people talk about Frank Clark. You know, the Broncos are basically doing the same thing with him that they did with Randy Gregory. Hear me say this now. Hear me say this loud. Hell no. Keep that MFR away from my team, my franchise. I don't want anything to do with them. If we got them for free, I don't want to touch that dude. Anybody that beats women repeatedly, threatens women reporters repeatedly, don't want that POS. Save that for the Cowboys. Save that for Andy Reid. Save that for the Seahawks. Save that for, no. No. Do not want that dude. I don't care. I don't care. You know, Randy Gregory, he had his issues. Yeah, he smokes weed and might not work super hard. That's one thing. Frank Clark? No. Nah. I I, I ain't even touching that one, man. But that's just me. That's just me. Um, I'm I'm staying away from all those things completely. Don't want that at all. And so... Anyway, I am, <laughs> I do not want to stay anywhere by that. Just don't want to. Right here, I, I thought this was – I was going to lead with this question. Josh, uh, the man, thank you for helping with all the trivia stuff. No trivia this weekend. John Chabot staying home this weekend, which is, I'm telling you right now, exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited. Now, we do have – 12 games on the year. We've already finished the first four. We will be at the Vikings next week for the Monday Night Football game. We do have a party the night before. We are tailgating right next door to the stadium. It's going to be awesome. We're doing the Bengals game. Then we got our bye week. Week 10, we're going to Jacksonville with Frank Gore coming out. Week 11, we got the UK people coming over for the Bucks game, which might actually be an important game. We're doing both Seattle games week 15 against the Cardinals. And then we're doing the last week home game against the Rams. We'll see if they flex that one or not, but yeah, so we got a lot of games this week's not going to be one of them. Now this question right here, everyone in the secondary has an interception. You are not really exaggerating that much. If we look at, let me scroll down to the defensive stats. Look at this. Tall and Fungus leading the team in picks with two. Warner's got one. Demo's got one. Isaiah Oliver's got one. Char Ward's got one. Gibson's got one, who he led our team with five last year. And Oren Burks got one. That is awesome. And so you're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven guys got interceptions, and one of them's not even starter. Uh, really, you could say two of them, Oren Burks and Isaiah Oliver, are rotating. They split time. But, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And so my poll question was going to be based off that, Josh. I was going to say, what's more impressive? The fact that I couldn't make it fit (laughs) numbers wise uh, in the the, what's it called? The YouTube is too many characters. What's more impressive? The fact that the 49ers lead the NFL in defensive interceptions with eight or the fact that the 49ers lead the NFL in fewest interceptions with zero offensively. And this is the complimentary football we're talking about. Offensively, you don't turn the ball over. You don't put the ball in jeopardy. Defensively, you turn the ball over. You make them put the ball in jeopardy. You are capitalizing when it matters defensively, and you are protecting when it matters offensively. And so whenever you're the best at one stat, and then you flip it offensively, and you're also the best at that stat, that's the crazy thing. I mean... We have two fumbles lost, um, you know, running the ball, but we forced nine turnovers. Nine. We only have one fumble recovered, and that happened this week. They've all been interceptions since then. So you've got eight picks. That's incredible. You've thrown zero interceptions. That's incredible. I don't know which one is more impressive. I just, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it's, it's been fun it's been a lot of fun right here uh Josh any news on looter no and we're not going to get any news they do not have to dispel anything about players on pup NFI uh IR don't have to say any of those things you can ask and oh you'll get the word salad oh he's progressing well we like what we see you know what I and mean, that's what they'll say about everybody but yeah you got Womack next week looter after that but I don't and you know you can even put Elijah Mitchell into this territory now. I don't. Looter's not going to come off unless there's an injury. Womack will come off without an injury. I I, I do believe that. Like he just provides so much depth. That the special teams value is huge. Looter as a rookie, we haven't seen him. That dude, he got a practice in rookie mini camp only. He didn't even get a practice in OTAs. He was injured before that. So not that he doesn't know the scheme, but it's looking like. Daryl Luter Jr. is gonna have that, you know, red shirt year, very similar to you know, Kalia Davis had last year. That's what it kind of looks like. So, so we'll see there. Now I do think Womack gets brought back. And Elijah Mitchell, he's in a weird spot because he's the only guy not practicing right now. He's the only guy not practicing right now on our 53. Uh l- looking at the injury report, then I'll dive more into Elijah Mitchell. You had three players get veteran rest days. Trent Williams, George Kittle, and Dre Greenlaw. Talk about Greenlaw arriving. He is now getting veteran rest days. You see what I'm saying? Like, that dude played incredible. He earned everything. I love that dude. Aaron Banks was limited with his shoulder. It it was a possible bicep tear, which would have knocked him out for months. Instead, he's limited and practicing two days later. Best case situation there. The only player that didn't practice, Elijah Mitchell. Knee issue. We don't know much about this. And here's my own interpretation of what is happening with Elijah Mitchell. You don't put him on IR. You don't do that. You just keep him on the 53. You just keep him there. And he's just one of your scratches every single week. Until somebody gets injured in that backfield. Ty Davis Price, Jordan Mason. Kyle check, you know, CMC, whatever. But until that happens, man, you just keep Elijah Mitchell right there. And we're going to use you when we need you. We're not going to use you as a luxury because guess what? This is one of my things I was going to talk about. And shout out to Juan Salas. He just finished. That dude worked his tail end off yesterday. Uh, later today, we're releasing a Jordan Mason-only breakdown film cut-up. Maybe one of my favorite videos I've ever watched in my life, and my stupid voice and face is narrating the whole damn thing. But uh, look for that on YouTube. Um, That is huge. It's it's, going to be released live on YouTube. I'll post it on Patreon and the 49ers rush as well under our player breakdowns. But a lot of work went into this. I think you're going to enjoy it, and it's just how great Jordan Mason has been. That number two job is gone. It's gone. It's not Elijah Mitchell's anymore. Jordan Mason took it. The injury gave Jordan Mason the opportunity, and Jordan Mason ain't had a bad play yet. Ain't had a bad play yet. Mason is the running back, too, of this team moving forward. I truly believe that. And the fact that Elisha Mitchell's not on IR, and he's still on this active roster, but he's not pro- practicing, says exactly that. If Elijah Mitchell was still out just because of this injury, you put him on IR two and a half weeks ago, and then he'll be ready to come off. But now... What do you do? You just sit him there. You just sit him there, break glass in case of emergency. So because he's not on IR, Elijah Mitchell, if somebody, God forbid, got hurt this week, Elijah Mitchell would be back next week. But you just protect Mr. Glass at all costs and because you're still going to need Elijah Mitchell at some point. You will. But you don't need him now. We're good right now. TDB looked decent. Jordan Mason looked phenomenal, and CMC is the best running back in football. So, you know what, Mitchell? Just stay. We got you. And I love that he's on the active roster because he's getting paid. And he should get paid because he's not making much because of where he was drafted. Him and Brock Purdy are kind of in the same situation. But I love that he's on there. Like, get this dude paid. I want Mitchell to be paid. His injury history, probably not going to have a super long career. I hope I'm wrong because he's such a good dude, and he plays so damn hard. It's just injuries, man. It's just injuries. And so keep him there. Don't put him on IR. You don't need to. We're we're struggling with the 53-man anyway. (laughs) I'm just going to be real. And so, like, for the 49ers, it's worth it to keep him there and count as one of the 53s and just make him a healthy scratch, right? You're just flipping him in TDP. That's all you're doing. So you're not – if you put him on IR and then you did have an injury, now you're calling up Jeremy McNichols every week. That's not the place you want to be in. Not that Jeremy McNichols is bad, but he's not any of these guys, right? So this is, again, just another savvy, whether it's John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Bobby Turner, don't care, Adam Peters, give credit to all of them. Learn from your past mistakes. You were throwing Elijah Mitchell on IR repeatedly last year. Here you go. You're on IR. You're on IR again. And you used all of those IR return spots when you still needed one. So. Learn from your mistakes. And I think that back, you know, three, four years ago, so many emails that I were getting, especially in the offseason, was this Shanahan's not learning from his mistakes. He's too proud. He's too prideful. He's too arrogant. All those things. Ken um, uh, you know, quarterback for the 49ers for a little while, quarterback with the Packers for a little while. Now he's doing kind of the analyst role. He released a tweet early on. Uh, earlier this week and it was long it was like three pages whatever but he talked about his time with the 49ers and he said you know the thing that probably going to shock people is that Kyle Shanahan and me admits consistently he doesn't have all the answers but he wants to figure them out and how adaptable he is after mistakes and trying to figure things out we don't get that notion coming across in press conferences but the film says it is The film says it is. What is the Shanahan staple play? Daddy or son? Outside zone, outside zone, outside zone. Well, now the entire NFL, and it started with the 49ers, and it started with Debo Samuel. When you put Debo Samuel on that backfield, Debo asked Kyle, hey, Kyle, can you just pitch me the ball on outside zone? And Shanahan was like, why? He's like, because then I can catch the ball and I can see better. And what did Shanahan do? Oh, we could try it. Never. That wasn't even a a part of the play. Now you look at every single outside zone the 49ers run, 9 out of 10 of them are tosses. So much so, now they're adding that to inside zone, where they're outside toss it and then cut inside, and you get the vertical crease there. That's adapting your staple, your bread and butter, what made you famous, what you ride all the way to whatever heights you want to go to, He's changing it. Why? Because you had a wide receiver said, Hey Kyle, why don't we do this? Okay. We'll try it. We'll try it. And so I love that, you know, these, it's very easy to hang on to narratives. And there's lots of people that are, you know, will constantly hang their hat on certain narratives that drive clicks and whatever else. That's just what it is. And it's always going to be, especially in this society and social media and those things. But film totally goes against those hypotheses that are out there. But people will hang on to them because, man, if I can get people to hate Kyle, they'll keep watching my show or whatever. And I get it, whether it's ESPN or NFL Network or whatever. That's just the way things are. But whenever you dive into the film and you say, man, this is a new adjustment from Kyle that is doing things completely different, I don't know. I think that it has a different narrative. That that that's just me. And yeah, Coach Cruz, I did miss uh Gray. Ronnie Bell has made Danny Gray not expendable because he's you still got Danny Gray back there. But if you know Ronnie Bell goes down or if Ray Ray McLeod goes down, then I think you could bring him back. But with Womack about to come back as well, that helps special teams. You know, Danny Gray's role was special teams gunner and number six wide receiver. Now you look at the Gunners, Ronnie Bell's got that down. Uh, Danny Gray's probably better. Uh, it went different ways, but Ronnie Bell is a better wide receiver than Danny Gray is. Already different element, but diff- it's he's better. So yeah, I don't I don't think either of those guys are coming back. Um I, I, I just I I just really really don't. Um not quite yet um so sorry man i haven't checked the chat in a while i went on a little rant there sorry about that oh what's up brian carter how you doing man he says what's up how you doing purdy is working his way to the top five to ten quarterback range this team is destined for a great season see you in seattle oh i'm excited say mara say hi tomorrow for me and hope the puppy is doing all right um mike jp mason could be a number one back he sure as hell could be that dude's the next star i'm sorry not not a good backup. He is a star. He is a star. If if J.P. Mason was on the Texans, he's Damian Pierce with upside. Maybe not in the receiving game, but you know what I mean? Like, Damian Pierce is starting running back. He's he's stud. Absolute stud. He's better than him. He's better than him. Like, I believe that. He is better than him. I think Jordan Mason would start for 15 teams in the NFL. Now he's behind CMC. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think Jordan Mason could be a second-year, you know, a second-term contract guy. Like that's how good he is, and he's not getting used up. He's gonna have so much tread left on his tires. He's gonna have so much tread left on his tires. Um, yeah, uh, Oscar. Any chance we're trading for Trent Brown? No, the, the we got rid of Trent Brown because he doesn't fit our scheme. Uh he doesn't fit the outside zone. I I don't think we yeah, he's he's not what we want. Um yeah, it, that that's not happening. Sonia says, "What game did Elijah play in the Giants the second he came in, I said, "Oh no, he's going to be injured again." Well, the crazy thing was he didn't get injured. He got injured in practice. Um just his knee, tweaked his knee. So and they've been really kind of hush hush on the knee they they haven't really talked about what it was or what it isn't or any of those things and that that's been kind of weird but yeah it, yeah it was it was just it's just weird it, it's it's where we're at um ed right here jason Verrett signed with the texans yeah props to them props to them happy for v to get another chance make some more money amazing human being um yeah it, Love that dude. Uh, and so want nothing but the best for him. Jack Coletto got signed as well. He's gone. Uh, that sucks. Hate that. Hate that. But, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at, sadly. Now, man, if you guys want to bet this week, I'm going to share a Thursday night teaser that I'm excited. We've done really well. We've made a lot of money so far, but we're not done this year. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sportsbook that gives you tools to win like my bookie. And my bookie doesn't matter if your team's up or down, you can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays, I like teasers, and take advantage of the huge prize pool contest. Plus, my bookie currently has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit, withdraw Quick. Carries a one-time rollover. Can't find that anywhere else. Just use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, or scan the QR code on this video right next to my face here to claim your own cash deposit bonus now. That's promo code 49ers. So try my money uh, money bag. Uh, you basically roll the dice, and it picks a team. It gives you extraordinary extraordinary odds on who's going to win the super bowl um lots of fun options there so bet anything anytime anywhere and i do mean anywhere wherever you are you can bet with my bookie just make sure you use the promo code 49ers and let's go let's make some money together
1: save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app
3: All right, I got a two-team Thursday night football teaser. It's a plus seven teaser. So both these things have to happen. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs <laughs> versus the Broncos. You know, they're 10 and a half point favorites. But with our teaser, you knock seven points off. So the Chiefs just have to win by four or more points. That's it. Um, and I'm partnering that with the 49ers, which would put them at a pick'em game because it's currently at seven. If you place the bet today, that line's going to go up. Okay, so if you're thinking about betting the Niners this week, it's at seven points now on my bookie. It's going to be closer to eight time of kickoff. I'm telling you that now, Um, especially if more news comes out about Deshaun Watson not playing. That that spread's going to shoot through the roof and the 49ers keep covering the spread against good teams. I don't consider the Browns to be a good team, but I'm betting big on this one. I'm betting 20 to win 14. Um, you know, I say bet in 20. I, we don't bet a lot here. We, we bet small, but you can bet with what you're comfortable with, obviously. But, yeah, so it's a two-team, seven-point teaser. We're taking Chiefs and Niners. Um, Broncos are a bad football team. And, you know, right here, I love this from Charles. He says, John just checked out a Brownies podcast, and they're worried about us. They are talking about how beat up they are already, and with the physical play style, it scares them. They're coming off a bye week. You know, and if you wanted to sell me on the Browns, you've got two things going for you. And this is it there's only two things. You've got a really good defense, which we'll talk about here in a minute. And you've got plus seven days, you had an extra week of rest. That's it. Uh, personnel, roster, scheme, coaching. Now, I will say I do like Jim Swartz. I've always liked Jim Swartz as a DC, uh, very sound defensive scheme. Uh, penetration up front with all four, which with Miles Garrett, you're going to have some good things happen. They've got a decent defensive roster, scheme sound, but it's not better than the Niners' defense, and it's not better than the Niners' offense. So, yeah, I just, I'm sorry, guys. I, I, look I Right here, thank you, Coach Cruz. It's already 7.5 on my bookie. Man, I just posted those bets, Cruz. I just posted them, and we're getting to the point now where people are realizing we know what the hell we're talking about <laughs> and we're making money for a lot of people over there on the 49 dot rush.com and Patreon. that, you know, I, I make a bet, even if it's $20, everybody else goes right after I post the bets to go bet this. And then we're, we're affecting uh lines uh, for my bookie, which is kind of fun, but you got to pay attention whenever I post those things. I'm, I'm trying really, really hard to uh yeah, right here, Mike C says seven and a half. Man, it's already jumped. It's not gonna stop climbing. So just say it. And the seven and a half point teaser doesn't matter because a half point and a pickup game doesn't matter. The Niners still gotta win. If the Niners win by one, I get paid. If you go make the bet now and the Niners win by one, you get paid. Just gotta win. Uh, that, that's that's what it is. And right here, yes, big papa. Seven and a half equals ten and a half because of home field advantage, and I still don't think that's enough. I still don't think that's enough. Um, yeah, What's up, A? How you doing, man? He says, I wouldn't play anybody that's not fully 100% against this defense either. Too much season left. This is a non-conference game. It's a non-division game. This game will not make or break the 49ers or the Browns. I'm with you. And if you're the Browns sitting at 2-2, two and two, you're trying to win the damn division. That's what you're trying to win. You already got a win against the Bengals. You lost to the Steelers. You beat the Titans, and then you lost to the Ravens. So they're 1-1 and in their own division. That's their ticket to the playoffs. There's no need to push the chips in right now against the Niners, a game that you'd probably lose anyway. Yeah, if I was the Browns, you don't say this, but yeah, anybody that's banged up, I'm sitting them. I'm sitting them this week because I need them following up. I don't need them right now. We're going to lose anyway. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, the line opened at four and a half points, and I was just like, what? Um, And then you got the Deshaun news. Yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Um, Right here, Sonia, she said, yep, they're delusional or accepted their fate. There's no in-between talking about Cowboys fans uh mike c says man i glad i listened when you posted it we're giving away money over here and you know yeah we do charge for our bets every week that's the jerry rice and up but we're, we've covered what it costs to get the bets every month we're only two months in we've already covered this month it, it's the 12th so we're making you money you're supporting the show the49ersrush.com or our Patreon channel. All the links are in the feed. Go check that out. Let's jump back quickly to some more stuff. I want to talk Niners defense. I've got way too many notes, guys. I'm sorry. Steve Wilkes is doing his damn thing. We're doing things defensively we have not done. They look similar, but it's a new flavor, right? And so we run cover three all the time. You can go back to Robert Sala. That was our staple early the traditional Seattle cover three with Richard Sherman. We, we, we ran the same damn thing. Then we went to more quarters. Then we went to more halves. Now we're doing a little bit more cover one. But we did cover three against the Cowboys, which was really, really cool, and it ended up in a sack. This was the Fred Warner sack play, which I thought was really, really cool because it looked like we were in single high. Okay, and so we just had Tolano Hufunga. He's the single high safety, and this is another thing that Wilkes keeps doing is he's putting Hufunga back much more than we've seen in the past. Hufunga was always at the line of scrimmage last year, and you could jet motion that out to where we rotate our safeties to where Gip would go up and Huff would go back or whatever, but no, 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 we're breaking the huddle with Hufunga as the single high safety, and I think a big reason why we're doing that is to stop teams from jet motioning so much because people are like, oh. Hufunga's back there. We want to keep him there. We don't want him up by us. He scares me. His beautiful hair and amazing composure. But he's mean as hell on the field, right? So anyway, I digress. Hufunga's the single high safety. At the snap of the ball, Gip, the other safety, he's down like a 4-4 defensive front. So we got four down linemen, four backers. And what happens is at the snap of the ball, Gibson turns and runs to the numbers and Charvarius Ward, the opposite corner bails, and we transition to a cover three. Dak thought we were in cover one. He got confused. He rolled out, tried to throw the ball, panic, because he didn't know what was going on. We haven't showed that look. We've showed cover three so many ways, but we haven't showed the safety drop cover three to the far one. Usually we drop the corner, Both corners, and that's our cover three. Cover three means three deep defenders. Nobody gets behind them. And so you've got Demo dropping back, and then you've got whichever safety in the middle, and then you got Charvarius Ward dropping back. We've even done some safety-safety corner cover three, but we haven't done out of that alignment. And Dak was completely confused. He was confused. And if he would have thrown it, it would have been intercepted. He ate the ball, and Warner got the sack. I'm telling you guys, Steve Wilkes in his house. He's blitzing from new spots. No fear of press, out, uh, press man on the corners. He is saying our corners are going to do the damn job, period. He's leaving them on an island and trusting them. And you saw Dak like throw up some one-on-one fades. Those are hard as hell to complete. And, yeah, you're going to get some pass interference calls, and they're going to happen. Demo and trivarius Ward are going to get beat deep a few plays. But can teams do it consistently without turning the ball over? That's the thing. You want to highlight one play, that's going to happen. and Guess what? You are putting your corners in the most vulnerable position in the NFL, more so than any other team. But that's okay because you trust them and you tell them, even if you get beat once or twice, they can't do this over and over and over against us. I love how aggressive he's being. Six-man pressure, whew, keep it cooking, baby. And Demo and Traveris Ward, they're on fire out there. 100% right on Isaiah Oliver. That dude, whew. I'm telling you right now. I'm excited about that. Uh, Defensive ends. You trade for Randy Gregory last week, and I think a lot of that had to do with Drake Jackson. I would argue this was Drake Jackson's worst game of his career. He didn't even get a tackle. He tackled Bosa twice. He got hurt because he ran into Bosa. He tackled Bosa twice on a pass rush. You know, they're both stunting, and he just runs around like a wild man, which I like. But Drake Jackson's got a lot to learn. He really peaked week one and fizzled out. And I think the Niners saw we cannot rely this season on Drake. Now, that doesn't mean his season's over. That doesn't mean I'm not rooting for him. But that dude needs to drop down to 10 to 15 plays maximum a game. And I think Randy Gregory is going to help with that. Cleveland Farrell, he's a run defender only. That's just what it is. I mean, that's what he keeps showing on tape. It's kind of what he showed on tape. You know, we put a lot of stock in Chris Kusarik, and I love that man. But I'm I'm here to tell you right now, like, he's a good run defender. And uh, that's not an insult. But he ain't what we need. So you're going to see if Randy Gregory could be that. And if Randy Gregory's not, then you go get another defensive end, not named Fred Clark. Frank Clark, sorry. Watch us, like, trade for him as I'm recording this. That would really piss me off. Uh, (laughs) I do not want that at all. Uh, I'm scrolling just real quick, uh just making sure. Okay, that would be very, very oh, what's up? And hey, I want to say this. Shout out to this man right here, David Wallner. I, I've mentioned him several times in this show. He's got a mentor, teacher, amazing guy. We worked together for a decade in uh Dallas. Great man, diehard Cowboys fan, not very smart, not very intelligent. That's not his fault. Um, he says uh this is Waller. From the sad city of Dallas, you all are awesome. Our quarterback sucks. I am very sad. We love you, David. And, you know, if you ever want to root for a good fan base, you know, with a good team and a good owner and people that don't get arrested repeatedly, we got you, bro. And you would look good in red. You're such a beautiful old man. Uh, I'll, I'll even – I will send you the clothes, my friend, so you just let me know. But I do want to say – Waller will talk trash with the best of them and he'll take a side of an argument that he doesn't even believe in just to piss somebody off. He's an ultimate troll. And I love that about him, but to show up. um, Yeah, man. And <laughs> he says, ouch, but you're the best of Cowboys fans, my friend. And we appreciate you brother. Um, Right there. Uh, was that cover one on the Gibson pick because it was cover three. Then Demo got burned. Uh, I've got to look at the, I haven't finished the second half yet. I finished all the offense and the first half of the defense. I haven't finished that one yet, Brian. In fact, you called me earlier while I was recording. That's why I didn't answer. Uh, so sorry about that. I'm running behind today. Uh, but that that's okay. Yeah, see, listen to Ed. David, come over to the bright side. We'll welcome you, man. We got you. Uh, right back at you, brother. Love you, brother. Um, anyway, a couple other things that I, I take away just from the film. Fred Warner's the Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Nick is probably not going to be in that mention, that category, because of the stats. Fred Warner's stats are already there. Um, he's going to continue to be there. Dre Greenlaw's an all-pro. That's just what it is. Um, John Valenciano, let's flip over to the offensive side. You know, Aaron Banks got hurt, but he's back already. He's already limited. I, I expect Banks to play this week. Um, but John Valenciano comes in at left guard. He's the backup for all three anterior spots. First. Valenciano's first. Left tackle backup, Jalen Moore. Right tackle backup, Matt Pryor, right? John Valenciano comes in left guard, played incredibly well. He was really, really good. Then, whenever we made the switch um, to Sam Darnold in the fourth quarter and all the backups, Valenciano goes from left guard to center. He was awesome there, too. So, you're liking the depth that's developing. Now, I know Dallas gave up by that point, and they were just kind of like, let's just get this damn game over. Um. But I, I'm telling you right now, Valenciano was awesome at not one spot, but two spots. So I really, really did like that. Matt Pryor, who's been a tackle his whole career. He goes in at left guard in the fourth quarter with Falenciano moved to center. And you could tell he was a tackle and you could tell he hasn't played a lot of guard, but he's, he's got training wheels are a spinning and you've got options at that guard position. Now you got, you um on the practice squad. Nick Sakel, who's a healthy scratch every single week at some point, might be the guy. I don't know. Um, Niners love him though. I don't know why, but whatever. You've got options there. You got options at tackle. The depth at the defensive tackle. And shout out to my man Phil. He asked me, you know, can you talk about depth this week? The depth is the depth is there, man. Look at the tight end position. Charlie Warner is playing better than he did in 2021. He got injured in the offseason last year in 2022 and struggled all year. Croft took his spot. You remember that? And then Dwelly started taking his snaps. You remember that? No, no, no. Charlie Warner's back, and he is better than he was in 2021. Now, the problem with Warner, and we all know this, he's a one-dimensional tight end. But when he's making the blocks that he's making out there, that's not an insult. You're an extra offensive tackle who can move in space if we need him to do so. We've never called that number, and I hope we don't do that. But the depth, whatever position you want, running back, cool. Sam Darnold goes in there, executes the offense fairly well. My favorite thing about Darnold going in there in the fourth quarter, I think he was one for one pass, and it was a screen. Don't care. That dude audibles the first play he's in there. That's pretty cool. So... Sam Darnold's learning the offense. He's been with the team. He's not getting playing time, but he steps in the very first play and he audibles. He switches stuff around. The depth is there. If Sam Darnold goes in at a quarterback, but I have a lot of confidence. I am not, but I'm hoping it'd be better than Mullins has been in the past. I'm hoping it'd be better than CJ Beathard has been in the past. Josh Johnson's been in the past, you know, go on and on and on. It doesn't matter. So the depth is there. Oren Burks, Oren Burks is a man. That dude, he made so many great plays. He, he's the second highest rated PFF defender in the NFL. He's our number three linebacker. He's number three. <sighs> yeah, I I, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, right here, Anthony says, love your standards. My guy with you 100%. I'm pretty sure that's about Frank Clark. Get that loser away. Dallas Cowboys need some help. Go sign with them, bro. Goes, they need help. Uh, Matt says no Watson this week. It doesn't look like it. He had not practiced. It's that shoulder issue, and I, I don't think that uh, th- this. I don't think that this team is is really buckling up for this one. I, I really don't. I think they're trying to reassess and figure out who they are, and no need to rush things back. Train wreck. Anyone else love that the starters were pulled in the fourth? Not even the fourth. You're talking eleven plus minutes in the fourth. They got a lot of playing time. Yeah, I wanted 70, but I love smart coaching. I am the biggest develop. So when you're destroying a team like we did Dallas, this is a wonderful opportunity to get game time reps for backups. That is valuable because guess what? You are going to rely at some point this year on John Falenciano, Matt Pryor, Jalen Moore, Ronnie Bell go to the backfield, Ty Davis-Price, Sam Darnold, defensive side, Oren Burks, like the corners that were Ambry Thomas. Those guys are going to have – you're going to rely on them at some time. Let's be real. The Niners are one of the least injured teams in the NFL right now. Knock on wood. That trend may not continue. Now we're due (laughs) – the, the Niners are due for a, a year where injuries aren't the reason we have, you know, losses. Maybe it's this year, but I'm not planning on that. And so the more that you develop depth and you got them quality game time against an opponent. Man, playing 11 minutes, you know, we, we look at the me let, let me pull up the stats because i think that this is the snap count right i, I think that this is huge if, if we look at just you know the snap counts ronnie bell 14 snaps uh matt Pryor, 11 snaps jalen moore 11 snaps darnold 11 snaps uh, ty davis price seven snaps these are game snaps you know what i'm talking about oren burks 25 austin bryant 20 Jair brown 13 uh, DFF thirteen, Odom thirteen, Ambry Thomas twelve, Kendall Sheffield twelve, D winner six. Those snaps matter because now your position coaches, you're going to sit down and talk with those guys. Look, we got six plays. These are what you're working on. These are what we're good. We've seen this in practice. Now it's showing in tape. That's huge. It's it, it's it's a. You're taking a practice test out there, and it's game time against somebody else. And there's fans in the stand. The TVs are on. The lights are bright. That type of atmosphere welcomes growth. I I would pull starters earlier, but 11 minutes of the fourth quarter, I mean, yeah, it was an absolute blowout. It was an absolute blowout. And my favorite thing is you see the guys going buck wild on the sidelines, cheering on the backups. That's the cool thing. Ed, this is the most unselfish squad I've ever seen on a Niner roster. It's incredible. And this is why you hear people saying Eric Armstead's the blueprint. How the hell are you going to be a selfish-ass player when you got Eric Armstead going from a defensive end, lots of money, to a defensive tackle, redoing his contract three times with no more money up front and adding no more money on the back end. George Kittle, who... Could be breaking records, has broken records, as a receiving tight end, being used to block on third and long, restructuring his deal repeatedly for no extra money up front so that Bosa could be signed. How the hell are you going to show up and say, well, I'm not getting what I want? Well, George Kittle's about to whip your ass. Do you understand? Do you see that big old freaking seven foot tall? Dude out there working with kids every day, three time Walter Payton Heisman or Walter Payton Man of the Year award, he's going to come put you in your right spot because the culture is created. And this is why I don't want Frank Clark here. That dude don't belong in this culture. No, get that? No. Uh, Maybe you could help him, but I don't, not that I don't want to help him, but I don't want him here. I just don't. Why? He's not that good of a player anymore and so this is what we're doing and whatever you got guys like Brock Purdy out there and they ask him hey what's it like to be you know should you know you're putting up 30 points every single game and how's Brock Purdy answer every question yeah um yeah it's like you're asking him if he's wearing matching socks it doesn't matter those things aren't important to this team cuz they don't push these things we've had success here the 49ers You've been to three out of four NFC championships. That's not what this team's playing for. They're playing for more. They're playing for each other. And you listen to, it started back in the day. It started back in the day. And you hear guys say, "Mm, I'm just, I can't, I'm mad that guys like Trent Williams and the guys that have been here, you know, you wanted the ring for them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just different. Um, yeah, Uh, Thomas, thank you. Clark has a big mouth and the production or headache ain't worth it. I am with you. I am with you. Um, yeah, right here. Uh, Forget about BA running down the field to block for CMC. Everything that they do, everything they do, everything they do is about each other and this team. Protect the team. You walk into the 49ers locker room on the sign, protect the team, protect the team. Train wreck. Talk like you've been there before, not like Micah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Do what the opposite of Micah is. Um, ah, yeah. Hey, right here, Sonia. This time last year, we ranked dead last in healthy teams. I remember those. I remember posting those every week. And every time I'd post them, I felt sad on the inside. Yeah, I hated it. Uh, just listen to Fred Warner. He gives so much credit to Greenlaw. Every single interview, he sure as heck does, man. Every single, right here, right here. Dre's always been an outstanding player. You know, I guess people don't want to talk about him
1: as much just because I play alongside him. I don't know what it is, but he's always been great. And uh,
3: hopefully this is the season that he finally gets his recognition. We just got to keep working together. He deserves every freaking ounce of recognition. Dre Greenlaw is a top five linebacker in this league. Any Any way you slice it. Any way you slice it. Any way you slice it. Period. Now, you know what else is top five? Uh, This right here. I don't know if y'all see this pullover starter's jacket back from the 90s. This is the original. Uh, This is the old one, but I have good news for you. And whenever I wear this to Niners games, one, I wear it to Niners games because you can put four beers inside of it and walk around and it's fine. Uh, Whatever. That's another separate issue. Uh, The second reason why I wear it is just team nostalgia all the way. Uh, But I have great news for you. Homage, our partners at Homage, are re-releasing the official 49ers pullover starter jacket. This is the old one. It's identical to this. Starter, officially licensed, all those things coming up on the 16th. So in four days, this is going to be available. So here's what you got to do. In the link in the description of this audio, podcast, whatever, I have the link for this jacket. You go there. You click on it. You can sign up for whenever they do open it up, and you can buy there. And, you know, the old satin jacket that I told you guys about a couple months ago, I went into the 49ers team store. That thing was marked up $75 over what you would have got if you listened to me whenever it was sold. So, yeah, you might be able to get them aftermarket. They're not going to be cheaper than they are on Homage. And, again, they are top quality, whatever else. So, yeah, I know. Ishmael says, I got to go buy another jacket. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is our childhood. Some of you guys know what's up. And I'm telling you right now, you wear that jacket to a Niners game, you make instantaneous friends. I'm telling you right now. And I love homage for what they're – I got the, you know, CFC Blitz shirt on. Come on, man. Nostalgia, baby. That's what we do. That is what we do here. Um, You look to the past. You embrace it. All your 40 – just use that link down there to take you to the jackets, and you can kind of click around. It supports the show, by the way, if you use the link that I have. Um, which I'm appreciative, and, you know, thank you for helping support this show. It, it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun week. Plus, this weekend, we are also going to have a Zoom hangout. So Sunday night, we're going to be doing our Jerry Rice Tearing Up Zoom hangout. That's going to be Sunday. We're going to do it right before the uh, late game, the Sunday night football game. So we'll start at 4.30 um, we'll get together for an hour. We'll talk. We'll see how things are for the 49ers. So that's coming. Um, that's going to be our October hangout. And, again, if you want access, we post all the details at the49ersrush.com and on our Patreon page. And just want to say thank you for all of the support out there. This has been a fun show. This is a fun show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, lots more stuff coming your way. Obviously, Friday morning going to be recording with Wayne um, over on his channel. So tomorrow shows on his channel. Okay, so you got to go over there. Wayne Breezy, all that stuff. Uh, We'll go from there. Uh, I'll still have the audio podcast from Wayne's show on our audio feed. So Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff, it'll be there. But as far as YouTube and Twitter and that, that's all on Wayne's show. We got to support that man. He's just the best there is. So for us, that's going to do it. Gosh, I love this team. This year's special. I know I say that word all the time. It's special. Remember, embrace this. Like, be here be here don't let that negativity creep in if somebody's pitching you negativity right now you, you just uh uh-uh. get that get that get that out of my face get that out of my face right now is positivity right now is embracing and just enjoyment this is why we're football fans ladies and gentlemen all right till next time love y'all stay strong faithful